Welcome to the week two review, another week of NFL action in the books. Um, we're going to start off today's episode, usually we get right into it, but you know, I got something I got to talk about with the community, and that's because it's something that's pretty close to my heart after this week. And you know, you can sum this up in four letters, alright? You got A, R, S, and B. Okay, if you know, you know that that is Amon Ross St. Brown, alright? And this guy, let me just tell you about this guy, okay? In my league of record, which is my league with my family members, okay? And I want my family members to know that I'm smarter than they are, right? That's the whole point of fantasy football, okay? If you thought it was for fun, it's not for fun, okay? If you win, you're the smartest that year, all right? That's the trophy, okay? So, I drafted Amon Ross St. Brown in the eighth round in this league, okay? And he was on my board. I reached for this guy. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be denied. I simply wouldn't be denied, okay? And through two weeks, this guy is number two receiver in standard. He's the number 11 player overall. Now, if you saw a guy in the 8th round and you knew he was going to be the number 2 receiver, what would you say? You would say, that's a league winner. I'm inclined to agree. All right, This week, ties an NFL record. Okay, Three players in history, three, have had eight catches in eight straight games. Okay, One of them is Amon Ross St. Brown. One of them is Antonio Brown, and one of them is Michael Thomas, which, in my opinion, doesn't count, but anyways, well, that's not what we're trying to get at right now, okay? So, you got Devontae Adams? No. Stefan Diggs? No. Uh, Jamar Chase? No. Justin Jefferson? No. These guys never did it, okay? Jerry Rice? I don't even know where I got that name, because I don't know who that is. Calvin Johnson? Never heard of him. Uh... You go to Detroit right now and try to find mention of Calvin Johnson, it's not going to happen for you, okay? Matt Stafford? Yeah, he's played for the Rams since he came from Georgia, right? I mean, Detroit right now has room for two legends, okay? And that's Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown. That's just a fact, okay? These these other guys I mentioned, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, they never did this. What do they have in common, though? I'll tell you what they have in common. They get up in the morning. They go to their mirror, which has an Amon Ross St. Brown fathead on it. Okay? So it's not really a mirror, but we'll just call it a mirror. They look there, and it's like that play like a champion today thing, right? You, you want to go, you want to practice like Amon Ross St. Brown, and you want to play like Amon Ross St. Brown. And you want to remind yourself of what is possible when mankind reaches its peak and maybe a sprinkle of divinity in there, okay? You got to put this in perspective for the city of Detroit, okay? The city of Detroit has been decimated, I mean, basically forever, right? But, like, let's just round it down and just say 2008, okay? 2008, right? You're Joe. You you work at, at the GM factory, right? You are you put door handles on Ford Focuses. So here comes Ford Focuses. Stops at you. Put the door in on. Okay, that's your day. You just got to pretend that this is a Ford Focus, all right? It's not Dale Jarrett. Okay. So, that's what you do 2,000 times a day, right? You punch that time clock. You go home. The Lions game's coming on, right? You pound a couple beers. You watch Matt Stafford throw to Calvin Johnson for 855 yards and three touchdowns, and the Lions lose 63-21, to right? 
that's your life, right? And you fast forward 15 years, you got no job. Your job's not coming back, right? Your wife's not coming back. She left you a long time ago. But on Sunday afternoons, you're sitting down, you're watching maybe the greatest duo to ever do it, okay? Montana to Rice, I don't freaking think so, okay? Jerry Rice sucked in fantasy. You know why? Because there was no fantasy. So, objectively, that's pretty bad. And I kind of forgot what I was talking about, but I think basically the point was, Amon Ross St. Brown is a league winner this year. And it's noon on Sunday, and I'm answering questions on Twitter. Should I start Amon Ross St. Brown? Yeah, you should. There's no roster out there where you shouldn't, okay? I can't imagine. Should I put Amon Ross St. Brown in the flex? I guess, if that's your only option, don't put him on the bench, because you're going to regret it. And that's how I feel about this week. And he clutched up for me in both my leagues, and I respect it, all right? And I look like a sharp, and that's all you can ask for in fantasy, okay? So, besides that, we're going to review the rest of week two, because if you can believe it, Amra is only one player in the league. I know he looks like three players on Sunday, but only one player, okay? So, we got the Chiefs and the Chargers, which means I have to talk more, which kind of is unfortunate. I should have planned that out better. Um, this was a classic uh, rigged NFL game. Patrick Mahomes um, was really thought that he was wearing powder blue, just like I am right here. Uh, he was enjoying throwing it to the wrong team, um, and the refs were enjoying saying, that's all right, buddy, we got this, okay? We got these flags, we'll just throw it, it, it it's good. And he joked about it afterwards, and whatever. Um, uh, if you put Daryl Henderson out there, wearing number 30 for the Chargers, that said Eckler on the back, I mean, you're not going to know the difference, other than they don't look alike, but like if you were just watching, you wouldn't know. Eckler looks terrible. He had like 100 rushes for 7 yards. Doesn't even see the ball at the goal line. Sony Michelle gets the ball at the goal line. Sony Michelle's like a hundred. I don't even think Sony Michelle's rostered in a single league. Mike Will freaked out in the first half. Okay, the panic was greatly overblown. Okay, call an ambulance, but not for Mike Williams. Okay, he's mossing a touchdown. I don't even know if that's mossing, but like it. I mean, it has to be, I guess. Herbert leaves the game late with. A rib injury. And then it's like he's probably going to be out for like six weeks. And then he's back on the field. And I didn't understand how that happened until today. Because today I found out that the doctor that was treating Justin Herbert is the same doctor that stuck a syringe through Tyrod Taylor's lungs. This doctor is getting sued by Tyrod Taylor. And the Chargers are like, hey, man, mistakes happen. You know, sometimes lungs, you just pokey pokey and, you know, what is big deal? So, this is what happened. Justin Herbert gets hurt. Okay, he goes off to the sideline. Probably he's not aware 
that this is the same guy. And they're like, all right, the doctor's going to look at you. He walks into the tent. He's like, it just all went away. The pain went away. I'm fine. I'm actually, I actually can go back in the game right now. You don't even need to look at me. The doctor's like, let's just give you a pain shot. No, 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 no. No, I'm good, man. It, like, you can check my ribs right now. They're fine. I promise. Okay, it didn't, it didn't even hurt at the beginning. I was faking. Okay, comes back in, can't move, can't throw. Looks to Gerald Everett, who is dead and just ran a marathon. And Gerald Everett is like the Statue of Liberty and throws to the wrong team. They crib it. The refs decide that interception's fine. That can stand. Chiefs win. Big W for the NFL. Their poster boy, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Justin Herbert's better, just for the record. Only other thing of note here. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still trash. Uh, he broke this big run, and it, he was, like, surprised. He was, like, covering the ball when he had a free touchdown. It, he has the... Like, he looked like he was shocked that he was open, in the open field. He'd never been there before. He has the breakaway speed of O.J. Simpson's Bronco. I don't know what to make of this guy, but I'm not feeling too good when he gets out of there and he's like a deer in the headlights, like, wait, why is there no defenders? Am I going the wrong way? Maybe he thought he was going the wrong way. I mean, fair enough. Could happen. Chiefs win 27-24. Uh, the Jets beat the Browns. Uh, probably a better game than we all thought it would be. Allie, uh, what happened there? If you had um, Nick Chubb on your fantasy team, but you're not a winner if you're a Browns fan because he seemed to lose the game for them. Um, hopefully those extra couple points from the touchdown helped you. But uh, I think if he would have kind of fell there, they might have won that game. Being up by 13 points, it seemed like it, they had it in the bag. But obviously, old Joe Flacco can come out for a drive or two. You can get an onside kick, and I don't know. But... You know, some of the big winners this week, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from the Jets. He looked great, had a 22 for over 100 yards and two touchdowns, and that's coming from Joe Flacco, which, I mean, he had a pretty good game too. I don't know if it's it's time to pick him up, but 26.7 points for over 300 yards and, and four passing touchdowns. He, For his age, he, he did pretty well. Um some other guys that did pretty good for the Jets, Corey Davis and Brees Hall, both got some points. Um, you know, it's kind of been a weird year for wide or running backs. So getting 12, it's pretty average for the league. Um, some other players on the Jets, you know, Michael Carter, Tyler Conklin, and Elijah Moore. None of them really broke. None of them broke five points. So probably don't want to have them on your at least in the game right now. Maybe they'll come back another week and you can feel a little bit better about taking them off your bench, but I wouldn't feel too comfortable about that, at least this week. Um, for the Browns, you know, Nick Chubb, 29.3 points for 87 rush yards and one game blown, but thank God that doesn't count against you in fantasy. Amari Cooper, 16.1 points, you know, over 100 yards and a touchdown. We didn't see as big of a split this week between Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. He only got 7.4, so I don't know. I think depending on how the game's going, maybe he gets the ball a little bit more, but... Um, and then some some guys I 
I'm David Njoku. He only got 3.2 as a tight end, so he didn't he didn't get a ton of catches this week. Pretty sure everyone is off Njoku at this point. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure that the game is mathematically over if he goes down because the Jets didn't have any timeouts and there was no timeouts. Yeah, yeah, there was under two minutes. So it's a classic example of a lesson you have to learn in football, which is. The game being over is the best thing that can happen. The game, you being up 20 with two minutes left, that's nice, but that doesn't beat the game being over. You. It was only a minute, 20 seconds. Especially when you're the Browns, okay? when If you're the Browns and you're winning, get the clock to zero as fast as possible. If anybody can blow it, we know it's you. Uh, the Lions... And the Commanders, another high-scoring shootout. Lions take it 36-27. Caleb, uh, what what do we have here? Yeah, Wentz had another great week in fantasy. 30 completions for over 300 yards, three touchdowns. He did have an interception and a fumble, um, but that's Carson Wentz. So, I mean, that's honestly probably better than average for him. Um if you didn't pick him up on the waiver wire last week and he's still available in your league, I can't imagine that he is, but um, definitely look at him. Uh, Curtis Samuel, another big week. Um, he had seven catches and a touchdown. Looks like he's going to be a focal point of that offense. Um, DeAndre Swift was kind of quiet after a real big week one. Um, he only had 56 rushing yards, but he did add 31 receiving yards and a touchdown. And I don't know if you guys saw the play, but he did have a sick play where he caught a pass, fell down, and then like bounced right up and juked the defender out of his cleats and then took it like 20 yards to the crib. Um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, you touched on it at, at the opening, but like I'm in Ross St. Brown. It just went absolutely nuclear again. I picked this guy up in the on the waiver wire towards the end of last year because basically all of my wide receivers were injured or sucked. Um, and this guy, like, went nuclear for me. It was a big reason I was able to win the league. Um, wanted to snag him this year. Unfortunately, wasn't able to. But this guy's just a stud right now. Um, and Dan Campbell and that Lions coaching staff is finding creative ways to get him the ball. He had nine catches for 116 and two touchdowns. He's also carrying the ball out of the backfield, sort of like in a Debo Samuel-type role. Um, he had two carries for 68 yards. Um, I mean, you talked about it at the Open, but like, if you're still questioning starting this guy every week, uh, fantasy might not be for you, um, and you may need to uh, get on some clinical medication for your um, mental uh health uh last thing like the lions d stinks but if they're gonna score 36 points every week like it doesn't really matter um they put up 35 last week against an eagles defense that frankly looked pretty damn good uh against the vikings last night which we'll we'll touch on later um so I don't. I mean, you're not going to be starting the Lions D, but like, if you have anybody on offense for them, it's honestly a good thing because they're going to be in a lot of these shootout type games. Um, the Commanders defense uh, actually does stink, um, which isn't great because I think a lot of people are very high on that unit. They have a ton of talent on that side of the ball, um, and so far they just haven't um, 
shown it. So uh, if you drafted them, maybe worth looking uh, for other options, potentially just streaming a defense every week um, based on matchups. Yeah, I quick thing on the on the DeAndre Swift. At, the, at one point in this game, he has three carries for fifty six yards. Um, to, for me, watching that game felt like it was more that they didn't feel like they needed him with him playing banged up. Um, he, I don't know. Would you push back if I said that redraft today, DeAndre Swift goes one one. Uh, I think knowing what we know through the first two weeks of the season, that's certainly possible. I'm still not sure if I'm ready to uh, draft him number one overall for an entire season. But just based on like what we saw the first two weeks, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's clearly been, if at worst case scenario, a top five running back in the league. And we've seen a lot of the you know, running backs that were drafted really high get off to super slow starts, um, which I don't know that that'll continue. And Swift has had some injury issues in the past, so it remains to be seen whether he can stay healthy. But um, right now, I mean, he's one of the most electric players in the league for sure. Yeah, I'm in that boat. I have him in in all of my leagues that are for money. And it, it was like, I don't want to get burned not running him out there. And he goes out there, he's banged up, and he gets you 14 points. I mean, you're not going to cry about that um, in really limited usage. Even in week one, I mean, he he went nuts and only had 15 carries, I think. Um, we saw Jamal Williams get significantly less in this game. Dan, I just want to say I'm taking that as you've received my message. I think we have come to an agreement. We understand each other. And you made a mistake. I'm I'm cool with that. You know, we can call it cool. Let's just keep it under control the rest of the season, okay? Um, Bucks and the Saints. Uh, this was not a fun game to watch, um, unless you like nothing happening. Um, it was like zero zero uh, almost most of the game. Um, developing story here. Tom Brady sucks? Question mark. Um, also apparently having women issues, which, uh, you know how that goes. Um, you know, people that have been saying Tom Brady washed for the last 10 years might be in their glory this year remains to be seen. Um, you, I mean, his ADP wasn't egregiously high, but regardless, you're not feeling good about this right now. He has 10 fantasy points this week. Um, against the Saints. He's always been weak against the Saints um, since he became a buck. Part of the problem is Mike Evans um, is actually, by by law, owned by Marshawn Lattimore, um, and they both get ejected from this game again. Um, not the first time that's happened. you got to give Mike Evans his props. That's the kind of guy you want on your team. Uh, Lattimore's over there getting in Brady's face. Evans comes out of nowhere and Gives him a WWE finisher move and um, is quoted as saying, that's Tom Brady, what do you want me to do? And if you're his teammate, that's exactly what you want him to do. Um, Leonard Fournette looked underwhelming in this one. Mark Ingram, I mean, it's Mark Ingram. He's 86 at this point. You can't run this guy out there, especially not against the Bucks defense. Um, Brashad Perryman... I think that's his name. Caught a touchdown. 
Uh, Mike T, slant god, Michael Thomas, another touchdown. Um, really boring game besides the brawl. I kind of stopped switching back to it, mostly because I had suck up and he wasn't doing anything, which was pissing me off. Um, but this, the Bucks beat the Saints. Tom Brady beats the Saints for the first time as a Buck. Um, you know, not really a star-studded Saints team, but I guess it counts. Um, Giants and Panthers, um, high ceiling here for the running backs. Uh, didn't really pan out that way. Allie, what happened? Yeah, I think a lot of people had high expectations this week for Saquon getting um, a lot of points last week. He came out with only a little over eight points this week, so that was pretty disappointing for a lot of people. You know, they might have sat him last week just to see kind of how everything went through him in this week, and then he, he didn't really have the game everyone thought he would, especially against the Panthers' defense. You know, week one, they came out with zero points. You think, hey, maybe Sterling Shepard or Saquon will get some some points, and neither one really did that well. I mean, Sterling only had 3.4, 34 receiving yards um, this week. Just not really a good fantasy game overall, except for the Giants kicker. He came out with 17 points, and he's only rostered at 2%, so maybe pick up... I believe you say it, Graham Gano is how I'm going to be saying it. So 17 points, you know, that's pretty good for a kicker. Um, especially when the next highest score, I believe, was Daniel Jones with 13.1. Actually, no, Baker 13.3. So kicker and then the quarterbacks, which is not how you usually see that stacking up. Um, another disappointing week from CMC. Um, you know, he went, he went high in a lot of leagues and only getting – little over 100 yards, which I know 100 yards for running is good, but it's not what really what you'd be expecting from a healthy CMC. The only other really notable player on the Panthers was DJ Moore, and I mean, he only had 43 yards, so not really a great fantasy, ga fantasy game this week for them, but the Giants did squeak out another win, and they are they are currently 2-0, and so maybe the Giants are good. Yeah, uh, we'll get into this later in the week, but definitely... Um... I mean, I feel like it's safe to say that if you took a running back in round one, you are not having a good time, um, at least not in that regard um, with that one player. Maybe you've already benched that player one week. Um, I know we talked last week about benching Najee Harris. Um, Caleb, speaking of Najee Harris, the Steelers, unsurprisingly, lose to the Patriots. Some things never change, no matter how many players change. Um, how'd Najee do? Yeah, this was just a snooze fest of a game. We talked about it last week, but like, there's not a whole lot of guys on either of these teams that's worth putting in a lineup right now. Um, super boring game. I was actually traveling during the game, which I was thankful for because when I uh, saw the stat lines and the score, uh, I mean, maybe I could have taken a nap during it. That would have been beneficial, but... Uh, Fryermuth catches a touchdown. He looks like a pretty decent option at tight end right now, especially with the weakness at the position. Plus, Matt Canada is just allergic to throwing the ball down the field, so um, it looks like he's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had a nice catch down the sideline for a touchdown that basically was the difference in the game. Um, Patriots D looked good, but it's against the Steelers, who are legitimately maybe the worst offense in the league. Steelers D looked okay uh, in the first week without TJ Watt, but again, it's New England, it's Mac Jones. They're not exactly a dynamic offense, so 
just not really much going on in this game at all. And if you missed it, um, be be thankful. It's always nice a game like this uh, where everything goes exactly as you were expecting because we get so much wrong so many times and um, at least some things are predictable. Um, a, a, not a predictable one for most people. Uh, the Jaguars shut out the Colts 24 to nothing. Um, this is really a developing story but the Colts suck like suck badly like maybe the worst team in the league I'm not I don't know I I I can't imagine them not being in the conversation for that um they've played the Texans and the Jaguars and they don't have a win um Jonathan Taylor, nine carries for 54 yards. That, to me, is mind-blowing. You get shut out and you only have your best player by far. Pittman did not play in this game. So your best player by 100 country miles touches the ball nine times. And by the way, he averages six yards a carry. I don't... Someone explain that to me. I don't get it. Matt Ryan is washed. He sucks. He had like two points. What are you doing? It seems like Taylor should have 30 carries, at least. Um, you're doing nothing on offense. There's one thing you know you can do on offense, because it's what you did on offense all last year. Um, big question mark for me there. We're going to get into this, like I said, later in the week with a lot of these running backs, um, where we're at on the panic meter, but um, I don't know what to think of that. Trevor Lawrence is fine. He did fine. He got like 19 points. The Colts' defense is terrible. Um, they gave up 20 points to the Texans. Um, J-Rob is just flat out more useful, more used, and just better than ETN. Um, I don't think you should be surprised by that. That's the order they should have been drafted in always, um, at least in my opinion. Um if you took ETN high, I mean, I'd consider seeing if somebody's still high on him. Um, maybe see if somebody can arrange J-Rob to get injured again so he can actually see the field. Um, I don't know. Christian Kirk is good. Um, this is a guy that you probably drafted because, well, if they're going to pay him $80 million, they might throw it to him, and fair enough. And uh, same for me. I don't. Th I didn't think he was good. And maybe he's not good. But he's getting the ball. He had, I think, 12 targets in week one. He catches two touchdowns this week. Um, I actually had him in over Rashad Bateman in one of my leagues, which ended up only costing me a point. So it's always nice when you have a 20-point receiver on your bench and it only costs you a point. Um, I think most cases you're running him out there. Um pretty much exclusively. That's a two-wide receiver league, so in a three-wide receiver league, certainly he's a wide receiver three at worst. Um, but yeah, the Jaguars shut out the Colts. I, I don't know what to say about the Colts at this point. I've watched their games both weeks because I've had Taylor, I had Taylor last year, and I loved watching the Colts, and it's just, it hasn't been the same, but like we said, first-round running backs, it hasn't been the same for any of them. Um, 
Allie gets the best pick of the week. By far the game of the week. I I can't imagine anything else even being in the conversation. Um, Dolphins 42, Ravens 38. Here's a perfect example of a game where we got everything wrong. Um, what happened, Allie? Well, a lot happened, especially at the end of the game. Um, I mean, I think we had said, well, I know I had said, and I was wrong, 100% wrong. Tua is the guy, at least this week. Oh, my God. 469 passing yards, six passing touchdowns. I mean, one of those being the game winner. Ends up with 38.9 points, and... He was just connecting. He's connecting with Tyreek. He's connecting with Waddle. He's connecting with Jasicki, and he's getting them all points, too. I mean, he looked great this week. So if if somehow someone dropped Tua last week and he's on the waiver wire, try to pick up Tua because he – I mean, this was definitely a glimpse of showing that he's a good quarterback. Um, some other guys, I mean, Tyreek and Waddle, they looked great again this week, and I know we were all a little bit questionable on Mike Jasicki. Um, he did get a lot of points, especially at the weak tight end position. So I was happy that, I mean, he was the only tight end that I had to play. So it kind of forced me to play him. And I think he ended up with around, around 10 points. Um, Mostert, he ended up with 7.9 points, which is, was not too bad. Um, their running game isn't really the best. So maybe that's, if you're really weak on running backs, maybe that's one to pick up, um, and, and Chase Edmonds just didn't get very many points. On the other side of the ball, I mean, the Ravens did really well, too. They I mean, they scored 38 points in the game. So, winners here, if you had Lamar, Bateman, Andrews, or DuVernay, um, you were having a good day. I think, I don't know if this is across the board, but I think any teams that had Tua starting or Lamar starting won the league this week because they just dominated. They had double what some of the other quarterbacks had. Um, once again, the running game, just not there for the Ravens, but they don't really need it right now with these wide receivers and Lamar connecting. Um, I think when you, when J.K. Dobbins comes back, that might look a little bit different, but for now, playing any of these wide receivers is, you're having a good day. Um, and one quick thing on the Giants game I forgot to mention because it's very forgettable, um, but Kenny Galladay actually beat his week one he was averaging five hundred thousand dollars a catch in week one. Week two, he was only he was averaging five hundred thousand dollars if he stepped on the field. He only like stepped on the field twice, and uh, he didn't even catch the ball. So you know he got a raise. We love to see that for Kenny Galladay. Yeah, two snaps for Kenny Galladay. Um, if you have him on your roster, send me your username so I can ban you from the channel. Um, I'd appreciate that. Um, it has to be said, Lamar actually better in fantasy than Tua. Um, had a ridiculous 80-yard touchdown run. Um, that game was nuts. Uh, going back to the Ravens running game, it's not, I don't know if you can call it a running game because it's Kenyon Drake, and I'm pretty sure I could go out there and do what he does. I mean, seriously, the guy goes nowhere. Um... I'm looking forward to getting Dobbins back. Um, I think he was a great value in this draft. And plugging him into that offense, you can't, you're not asking him to do almost anything. Um, there's so many weapons all over the field. I, I don't know how you're going to stop it. Um, yeah, the field is so opened up with these receivers doing so well that I think that run game is just an automatic when, when they get him back. Surprise, well, 
you, you always see Lamar running around, but I think you throw a running back in there that squatted 600 pounds in college, he's going to be a, a monster. Hey, people forget Dobbins' production um, the, the year he was healthy. Um, bit of a surprise here, Caleb. I mean, maybe not because we didn't think the Rams looked too good in week one, but the Falcons give them a run for, they, for their money. Rams win 31-27. What happened? Yeah, the Rams almost out-falconed the Falcons in this one. I mean, this game was over, and then it wasn't. The Rams get a punt block. The Falcons house call it, and all of a sudden, this one sort of came down to the wire. Um, it Watching the game, it never felt like the Rams were going to lose, but there was a couple moments where it got a little dicey. Like you said, Rams end up taking it 31-27. Uh, Cooper Cup is obviously an auto start. He had 11 catches uh, for 108 yards and two touchdowns. He did lose a fumble, but like when you're putting up those numbers, who cares? Um, Allen Robinson finally got involved, which was something we talked about last week. Um, he had four catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. Um, so compared to his production or lack of production in week one, that's pretty good. Uh, Drake London looks like a legit threat for the Falcons on a team that doesn't have a lot of options on the offensive side of the ball. He had eight catches for 86 yards and a touchdown in this one. Um, Kyle Pitts just put up another monster stat line, two catches for 19 yards, um, put up 1.9 points in standard leagues. That guy's just on fire right now. Um, and we mentioned last week that if you were looking for a tight end to stream, maybe look at Higby because, uh, the Falcons are the worst defense against tight ends, um, ended up putting together a pretty good game, especially when you consider the weakness at the position, he had seven catches for 71 yards in this one. Um, but like you said, Rams, uh, sort of squeak one out and they, they moved to one of one and the Falcons are, um, obviously and two because, um, they're the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, could we get a status update on Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, please? Yeah, Daryl Henderson. So I, I kind of just stopped looking at what Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers do because it just pisses me off. Um, I think Daryl Henderson had like 10 or 11 points in this one. and Cam Akers actually had like six or seven. Um, very sad situation for me right now because I have James Conner who looks awful and also got injured. Um, and I may actually have to start Cam Akers next week, which uh, if you've listened to basically any of our previous episodes, you know how painful that's going to be for me. Um, but maybe this is the week that he gets back in my uh, in my good graces. Uh, I It turns out that I actually have some running backs on my bench, so maybe you can give me a little Carly Ray Jepsen action there and we can work something out. Sounds good. Uh, Niners and Seahawks, uh, probably one of the most unfortunate games of the week, except if you have money on the Niners Super Bowl odds, because you can probably cash out for more than you bet at this point. It's always an interesting scenario when, uh, you ha are forced to put in your backup quarterback and all of a sudden your Super Bowl odds shoot through the roof. Um, probably makes you wonder what you're doing as an organization. But anyways, um, Trey Lance breaks his ankle, breaks his ankle, I think. Um, done for the year. Uh, on comes the savior, 
the male model, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, looking mighty fine as always. Um, stock of every Niners player shoots up. Um, I have Kittle in a league, loving life. Um, Debo shoots up. Ayuk goes through the roof. Uh, I think Jeff Wilson stands to gain some value there. Um, Geno Smith sucks again, uh, just in case we thought that that wasn't the case. Um, Rashad Penny also sucks. Like, six carries for 15 yards sucks. No catches. Um, I didn't understand. Like, I was reading on Twitter, and people were like, Rashad Penny looked good in week one. It's like all caps. It's like, I mean, I guess by Rashad Penny standards, he looked amazing. But, like, that's still not a guy you want to run out there if you can help it. Um, Just update, he didn't look good in this week um, at all. I mean, kind of he looked as good as Derrick Henry, but I guess we'll have to touch on that later. Um, Jimmy G's fine. He's a solid player. He's not going to screw anybody over. Um, he's what Kyle Shanahan needs. Don't turn the ball over. Don't be dumb. Don't be an idiot. Um, let us play defense. Let us run the ball. Let me run ridiculous plays that are guaranteed to get me 15 yards. Um, Jeff Wilson did fine. 10 points. You're happy with that if you're plugging him in. Um, should have had a touchdown. They gave it to Kyle Juicy Juice. Don't know why. Uh, coaches, start considering your fantasy owners, okay? Nobody's starting Kyle Juszczyk, so what is the point, okay? Just give it to Jeff Wilson, you know? Bump up those waiver one priority guys, you know? Let's get it together. Tyrion Davis-Price got a bunch of carries, but just like every other 49ers running back in the last 15 years, he is, you guessed it, hurt. Uh, so he's going to be out a couple weeks, so no worries. Um, it's basically Jeff Wilson's backfield and then some guys that I actually couldn't tell you without looking it up on my phone on the depth chart. Um, Debo and Lockett both got going around right around 10 points. Lockett had over 100 yards. Um, good to see from him. I know some people took a shot on him again this year. Um, maybe he's going to be that guy. DK Metcalf still did nothing. Um, I think he had 30 yards again, so... If you need a guaranteed three with no upside, um, you know, maybe you can run him out there. Um, again, we'll talk about drops, ads, uh, maybe trades, things of that nature later in the week. Um, the 49ers win win big here, 27-7. Um, not really a surprise. Didn't imagine that the Seahawks were going to be able to do a lot on offense against, you know, a pretty stout Niners defense. Um, Cowboys-Bengals. Um the Bengals, I don't know if anybody saw this coming. They're 0-2. They lost to Cooper Rush. Um, what happened, Allie? So what I think happened is that when um, – I think the part of Joe Burrow that was good at football was his appendix that he got removed in the preseason. Just all so, the talent was just concentrated. We wondered what the appendix was for. Well, in Joe Burrow, it was being a good football player. Um, kind of kidding, kind of not. I mean, the Cowboys defense just had his number all day, the line. Which, I was doing a little bit of research. It seems like they actually tried to upgrade their line this year. Spent millions and I tried to calculate. It was like 20 to $30 million on that offensive line that I think looks worse than the year that it collapsed so much that he tore his ACL. Um and 
I mean, that line, he couldn't get the ball to anyone. He couldn't get the ball to Higgins. Well, a little bit Higgins. I mean, no one played him this week because they all thought he was going to be injured. But, I mean, they all shared the ball a little bit. But if you had Jamar Chase, he, he didn't get anything. I think he had, like, 50 yards. So, not great on the Bengals' side. It was a close game. But um, the Cowboys' defense just really showed up, and they kept them from really scoring. Um, big winners on the Cowboys' side. Noah Brown, he had a great game. Um, it, maybe you'll be able to pick him up this week on the waiver wire if you didn't get him last week. CD did okay. Um, Cooper Rush did okay. I mean, I was really nervous about this Cowboys offense without Dak, but it seems like everyone kind of stepped up the plate a little bit, except for the player that I have on my team, Zeke. He still did not get very many points, but um, maybe, maybe next week. Um, the guy who caused me to lose fantasy by my own fault, Tony Pollard, ended up with a ton of, um, I'm looking at the line here right now, 40 rushing yards, 55 receiving yards. He just, he had a great game. Um, but I think a lot of people with him being the backup probably didn't have him in. So maybe depending on what your running back situation looks like and what the defense on the other team looks like, it makes sense to run him out there. But if you have other running backs, maybe, maybe keep him on the bench just in case Zeke gets hurt. That was the main reason I picked him up. You know, Zeke got hurt last year. Maybe he'll get hurt. You never know if he'll get hurt this year, but he did have a great game even when Zeke was in. So maybe with the Cooper Rush offense, Zeke doesn't fit in as well as Tony Pollard, but we'll see. I, I'm not going to pick up Cooper Rush, but he, he didn't make their offense look terrible, so that's always good. Yeah, they came out first possession and just marched right down the field. Uh, there was a touchdown to Noah Brown. I don't think it's outlandish to say that he seems like No Brown is the one for him. Um, seems to look in his direction. Um, Tony Pollard, again, he's like MVS as a running back. The only reason he scores a touchdown is because he he runs at sixty yards, gets taken down at the one, and then thankfully for anybody that played him, they let him get the touchdown instead of giving it to Zeke, which Dan Campbell would have given it to Jamal Williams if we're just just if there was any doubt um you're just betting on him he needs one of those plays if he doesn't get one of those plays you're like come on man i played this guy got three points um uh probably another game that probably nobody enjoyed watching uh the broncos which uh is a developing situation in and of itself against the texans caleb uh, another snooze fest here yeah, I don't know what I did to get all the snooze fest games, but this was another one. Broncos win 16-9. Um, Russell Wilson looks not good. Uh, all we heard about this whole offseason was Russell Wilson and that Broncos offense with all these weapons. Um, I mean, he's been a severe disappointment so far. Only put up 11 points in standard scoring leagues this week. Um Frankly, against a Texans team that's not very good, uh, I think you expect Russ to do way better than that, especially against a defense like that. So something to monitor there. Um, tough day for Mills Mafia. He only had 7.2 in standard leagues. Um, still my guy, but uh, tough, tough week for Davis Mills. Did he turn um, it over? I didn't see. I'm not sure. I feel like he fumbled, but... Uh, hold on. I will tell you right now. This is bad radio. 101. He fumbled. Okay. No picks, though. That's okay. 
I mean, hey, that's just the Davis Mills experience. I mean, he's still he's still going to be the QB, and the Texans are are kind of like a they're uh, how should I describe them? They're not good, but they're like kind of electric, and they'll probably win a couple games this year that they have no business winning at all. Um, they seem and, comfortable. They seem like they know what they want to do, and even if they're not doing it well, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably right. Um, but the key is like being able to actually do things well, and I don't think the Texans do very much of that. Um, yeah. Anyways, like uh, the Broncos just refuse to run the ball. Um, the Broncos coach, uh, I can't even remember his name. Hackett, is that it? I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, like, he needs to figure out, like, what's going on in his brain. I mean, they had so many, um, like, delay of game penalties in this game that the the Broncos fans were literally counting down the play clock, like, out loud so that the players knew to snap the ball. Um, yeah, he's got to figure out, like, what's wrong with his brain. Uh, and that was at home, right? It's not like it was loud. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> Um, the Broncos won't run the ball at all, even though that's the one thing they do really, really well. Uh, Javante Williams averages five yards a carry in this game, but only totes it 15 times. Um, and you would think like in a game like this, the game script is just, okay, let's just run the ball since that's what's working. But, um, again, Broncos just are not doing that. Uh, one guy who did stand out was uh, Cortland Sutton. He had a big game for Denver, seven catches for 122 yards. And Judy goes down with an injury in this one. Um, so it looks like Sutton might be in a position position to shoulder uh, more of that workload. So I'd look for him to get uh, an, a tick up in what was already a pretty high target share um, with Judy on the field. Uh, so if Judy's out a couple weeks, I, I think Sutton's in a good position to to really produce here. Yeah, I I'm trying to figure out as somebody that has Javante Williams wherever he could have him. Um, there there was a picture on Twitter of Russ holding the ball, and Javante Williams is in the end zone, like six yards in front of him, and there's nobody within. I mean, at least ten yards. I mean, I could have completed it to him. It's, I don't know if Russell Wilson is broken, um, but maybe it, I mean, maybe it goes back to last year because when he came back from the injury, he wasn't the same. Um, he wasn't really startable in fantasy the rest of the year. Um, I don't know, but like you said, you have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I'm not a Melvin Gordon fan, but he's looked good when he's touched the ball. So it seems like, giving Javante 25 and Melvin Gordon 15 would be a good start um, if you're struggling on offense. Um, I don't I don't understand it, and it seems like when I watched their game against the Seahawks, the carries are so spread out that the running back doesn't, they don't get going. It's like one carry and then six pass plays later as they're struggling to get down the field, you get to touch the ball again. Um, you know, give Javante seven carries on a drive. The guy is one of the most explosive running backs in the league, um, for sure. Just confusing when you can only do one thing well and you don't do it. Um, but I guess if you trade 18 first round picks for a quarterback, you 
want to try to prove that he's good. Um, a game I really enjoyed, um, the Cardinals and the Raiders. The Raiders are terrible. I mean, we're saying every team is terrible, but, like, they're terrible. They lose to the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure they had 23 points at half. So, I guess the Cardinals' defense, like, the Cardinals went into half and their coach found a bunch of players that were good on defense that were hiding on the roster somewhere. Um, I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know who locked down Devontae Adams, but he might as well have been on Kyle Pitts' team. Um, they could have been the do-nothing team. He gets 12 yards and a touchdown. Thank God he got a touchdown, which he really didn't deserve, and it was pass interference. But anyways, um, Josh Jacobs didn't have it in this one. Ba basically three yards a carry. Um, Derek Carr sucks. We've said it. I mean... I don't know how you're running Derek Carr out there at this point. This is the worst defense in the NFL right now. He's not producing against them. When When is the time? Um, Kyler sucks too, but I don't know what's wrong with the Raiders' defense. I thought that Max Crosby was the reincarnation of God on the edge, but he sucks too and is overpaid and overrated, and if the announcers would ever shut up about him, that would be awesome. Um, Hollywood Brown... Kyler... Kyler did look electric in the second half, though. Like, he was terrible in the first half, but he 10th prestiged in the second <laughs> half. He was on fire. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm, I, I, I spouted off a lot of Kyler Murray slander last week, um, but he did look electric in the second half. I mean, he was running around. He was making people miss. He was picking up yards on third downs that he had no business converting. He was dotting some throws, which we don't see that often from him, but he's obviously capable of. Um, he he was on fire in the second half. Yeah. Uh, I am always a little sketched when it's that difficult for you on offense, um, especially against the Raiders. It's not like they have a great defense. Um, like It was like a two-point conversion, and he ran literally like 40 yards to get it. Like... You guys don't have a play you feel good about for two yards. Um, I don't know. For me, I, I agree with what you're saying. His final stat line ends up okay, but most of that should have been garbage time if the Raiders are a competent organization. Um, Hollywood Brown, I maybe I'm early here, but he's just not good. Um, we saw this last year. He's not good. Um, they throw... It was like fourth and one in overtime. They throw it deep to him. He catches it, and then he's just like chilling, like doesn't care, and he gets laid out, and he drops it, and it's incomplete, and they don't get the first down. Um, you For what they gave up for him, you got to come down with that. Catch the ball, understand the situation, cover it up, and make the catch. I mean, it was a great play on defense. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but he had plenty of room to secure that catch um, if that's your number one guy, you know, should be coming down with that. And maybe he's not the number one guy. You know who is the number one guy in Arizona? Greg Dortch, baby. Kyler loves this guy. You got to give this guy a look because it's, I mean, it's entirely conceivable that he's going to get the bulk of the targets at wide receiver until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Um, you know, it's 
It's a guy nobody's ever heard of. I understand, you know, being a little sketched, but you got to you gotta check him out, especially in a deep league. Just stash him. See if he ends up being good. Um, even if you don't have a spot for him, um, you can probably flip him or, or toss him in and move up at a position, um, something like that. The Cardinals somehow take this one 29-23. Um, the Packers Sunday night versus the Bears. Um, Allie, Aaron Jones, what happened? Pretty much Jones. Um, he ran the field the other night with 29 points in standard leagues. Um, didn't really see as much time split between him and A.J. Dillon like we did, we, like we saw in week one. Um, but he, he had a great game. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, average, but he seemed to really split it between the receivers, each one having two or three receptions. So no one really racking up a ton of fantasy points, but, um, I kind of thought with Lazard back, he'd be thrown mostly to Lazard, but, um, that didn't seem to be the case through a bunch of times to Sammy Watkins and, um, just kind of split between the receivers there, so no one got a ton of points. Um, but Aaron Jones, yeah, he beat me in fantasy this week. Without that guy having a 29-point game, I would have won. So that's a little irritating, because I was hoping after the first week with A.J. Dillon get a bunch of points. Um, I mean, he was just getting all the touchdowns and all the yards. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Bears, fantasy not... I mean, no one on their team broke 15 points. Justin Fields only threw for 70 yards. Um He's he's not the guy, I don't think, for the Bears. I mean, Dave Montgomery had an okay game, getting 13 points, but nothing really going on on the Bears' offense that I thought was very notable. I mean, when your quarterback's throwing for less than 100 yards, it's tough to beat the Packers. Yeah, uh, in, like we're talking about in all of these games, it turns out if you have a guy that's really good at football, you could give him the football and see what he can do with it. Um, that's basically what happened with Aaron Jones. Giving him eight touches in a game you get torched in week one just is mind-blowing. Um, and, I mean, we're seeing it in lo in lots of games. But um, there is something noteworthy, which is that, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Darnell Mooney. Um, I'm just going to get this one out of the way before our next episode. Get him off of the roster, okay, yesterday. Just get him off. To have your commissioner force remove him so you don't have to bother, okay? Just He's not even worth having until 3 a.m. tonight when waivers clear. Um, same with Cole Komet. This guy was, what was he supposed to be, a poor man's... A, I think it was some, touted as a poor man's Kyle Pitts, which, I mean... Really, yeah, he might actually be there. <laughs> Ten, like right now, it's kind of hitting home, but not in the way you were hoping for. Um, if you're keeping track at home, he's still looking for his first catch of the year. And um, Justin Fields is 33rd in the NFL in pass attempts. Um, I will leave it to you to do the calculation of how many teams there are in the NFL. I was going to say, how many teams are there in the NFL? There's, Cooper Rush, baby! Cooper Rush! 32 teams in the NFL. I am facing a guy in a league that has Justin Fields starting at quarterback. And I'm telling you, I would love nothing more. I have no fear going into this week if you are going to do that. Um, 
Yeah. How long is the leash on this guy? Do they still have Nick Foles or no? No. no. Who's their backup? Anybody? They're still paying him, but they don't have him. I have no idea who their backup is. Well, maybe he is going to play the rest of the year then, but not for any good looks reason. Like, looks like someone named Nathan Peterman and Trevor <laughs> Simeon. Peterman. Give us Nathan Peterman, There's please. no way that he's still in the league. Oh my I God. need that experience of him we, in a bear jersey. Somebody's got to take one for the team and get an unnecessary roughness for us. For the fans. All right. Bills. Uh, okay. Actual contender for maybe worst team in the NFL. Titans. Bills 41. Titans 7. Mother of God. What is happening in Tennessee? Yeah, this game was all Bills. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, um, you watch this game and the final score could have easily been like. 63 to 7. I mean, the Bills were just dominating this game. They basically sat every good player on their roster for the entire fourth quarter um, and still won by 34 points. Um, Diggs had three touchdowns. He went bananas for the second week in a row. Uh, he looks like clearly. If not the best, then one of the best receivers. And I know we've seen some monster performances from receivers. Tyreek went off. Waddle went off. Uh, Jefferson went off in, in week one. But, I mean, this guy's done it back-to-back weeks now where he's just dominated. Um, Josh Allen, another monster game. He's slinging it all over the field. The Bills don't even try to run the ball. Like, they just... They just line up with five receivers and they're like, we're going to throw it and there's nothing you can do to stop us. And so far, like that's been the case. Um, these, the Rams and the Titans had really had no answer at all. Uh, Bill's defense puts up a monster game. They picked off Tannehill a couple times. Um, the big story for me, like you said, is like Tennessee looks awful. Uh, Tannehill looks horrendous. I mean, I've never been a Ryan Tannehill believer, but um, in past years, you know, he was serviceable enough that you kind of like lean on the run game and give Derrick Henry 30 carries, and their defense was pretty good the last couple years. You know, Vrabel's a defensive guy, so like, you know, Tannehill was good enough to win them a lot of games. This year, that just doesn't look like the case. He can't make throws. And I, I mean, even just easy throws to open guys, he's missing. He's sailing them high. He's getting intercepted. Um, the offensive line is horrendous. Like, they can't open up anything for Derrick Henry. And when Derrick Henry can't pick up yards on the ground, like, you know your offensive line is atrocious because um, that guy's a monster. But he's getting hit, like, three times before he even gets back to the line of scrimmage. Um, tough if you're a King Henry owner. Uh, and as I mentioned, like their defense looks horrendous too. Uh, this is a unit that was pretty good um, the last couple years, and they have some decent players on that on that roster, but um, they just look bad. Uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Like Tennessee, I think Vrabel is a good coach. I think Henry will get going. Um, I think they'll be able to right the ship a little bit, and probably a little bit of an overreaction too, because the Bills' offense, like I'm not sure who they go up against, um, that's going to slow them down right now because they're just firing on all cylinders, and it doesn't look like they're um, slowing down. But like you said, Bills dominate this one. They win 41-7. They look like, to me, far and away the best team in the NFL right now. 
Yeah, it, I didn't understand Vrabel. I mean, you're playing the Bills. You know what the, like you just said, you know what the Bills want to do on offense. What are they going to do? Hand it to Devin Singletary? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if they hand it to Devin Singletary 30 times and he rushes for 200 yards, that's fine. I mean, you they get to like the 20-yard line towards the end of the game. Well, what ended up being the end of the game, not the end of the game, but they're up 30 or something. And they got one-on-one on Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen takes the snap, doesn't bother to care if he's open or not. He just throws it over there, and Diggs wins, and it's another touchdown. How you know what they want to do. You know where this guy's at on the field. How are you just putting some random guy on an island with him and being like, yeah, we'll take our chances, man. We don't want him to hand it off. Yeah, it's just like, and and the the scary thing is the Bills didn't even have Gabriel Davis in this one, who's like the, a, a very, very good number two receiver in the NFL. Um, and they, like it just didn't even matter. Um, you're right. Like the Bills don't even pretend that they don't that they want to run the ball. Like they they just don't even care. Uh, half the time, like Singletary split out wide. Half the time, he's in like a sidecar, and Allen's in the shotgun. Uh, they don't even like run play action. Like they're just like, yeah, we're just not going to run the ball. Um, and you know that we're not going to run the ball, but like it doesn't matter because Josh Allen's a stud. Stephon Diggs is a monster. Gabe Davis is very good. Dawson Knox got going a little bit. Um, yeah, like they they just are having their way with with everyone right now. Yeah, I I think Vrabel's a good coach as well, but just kind of blew my mind that a guy that's defensive minded like that can't you know do something, do anything. Um, Would have been yeah, better than what they did. Watching that game was like watching like your. You're playing Madden, and the other team's on rookie. And because you just got to chuck the ball up there, you know the fastest guy on the field is going to run down, catch it in the end zone. Yep, for sure. Um, a really surprising game to end the week. This was the second game of the doubleheader on Monday night, which was really annoying. Why did you make the games overlap? We wanted to watch both. Uh, anyways, the Eagles trounced the Vikings. Um Kirk Cousins, uh, that's like Kirk Cousins with question marks after it. Like, what? what is wrong with him? Is he broken? Has somebody checked on him? Um, apparently in primetime, he's always been horrible. So if you're running him out there every week, keep an eye on that. I don't know if they play in primetime again, but um, he was awful. I mean... God awful. They score seven points. They should have scored seven more points, to be fair. Uh, completely botched touchdown. Um, this is kind of, I guess, kind of what you get with Kirk Cousins. He's rock solid like 90% of the time, and then every so often he just freaks out and looks like he's never played football in the NFL before. These were egregious passes i mean it was like darius slay was on his team he threw two picks to him and i'm pretty sure slay dropped at least one that was he dropped two he, he should have had four he had two that hit him like in the hands and he dropped one he was intercepted two. one was beyond free and it was like at his waist and he jumped and tried to like 
basket catch it and dropped it. But it's okay because the next play it came right to him again, and he caught that one. So it's okay. Um, I don't know if they're, like, friends or if, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins is doing some betting on the side, Calvin Ridley style. I'm not sure. Um, made no sense. Um, Justin Jefferson, it was like he wasn't on the field. Uh, Adam Thielen was the re- leading receiver. Um, didn't see that coming. Uh it has to be said, Jalen Hurts passes the eye test. He looks really good. Um, I'm not a Jalen Hurts truther by any stretch of the imagination. I have him on my roster because he fell so far because there's no Eagles fans in my league. And I had to grab him. And, I mean, he looks good. I, I hate to say that. I don't like the Eagles. But he looks really good. Um, he threw an interception in this game, which was not his fault. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell lets the ball clang off his hands right to the defender. Um, I mean, seriously looks really good. Quez Watkins with a bomb, a, a great pass from Hertz. I mean, he was wide open, but still, you got to drop it in there. Um, it was probably 45-plus yards in the air, not an easy pass. Um, pretty much hit him in stride. Devontae Smith heard all the slander. He outperforms A.J. Brown in this one. Um, and Goddard and Irv Smith both, you know, hovering around that nine points, which this season so far for a tight end is all you can ask for, believe me. Um, that's our, all for our uh, week two slate. Um, some guys we're looking at on the waiver wire as they clear. Uh, we posted these on our Instagram and Twitter today. Um, I know getting this out Tuesday night isn't ideal if you're listening. Um, so keep an eye out for us over there. You can see, you can find our handle um, in the description. Um, we, I try, I'll try to get those out. I'd like to do Monday night, but depends how late the games end. Um, but by Tuesday afternoon, you'll be able to check those out. Um, uh, the first guy, uh, Garrett Wilson, Allie, he's got 22 targets this year. Um, really got it going in week two. Um, wh- what do you think of this guy? So, you know, he wound up wide receiver 13. Um, he had two touchdowns. Seems like Joe Flacco really likes to throw to them, and the Jets coming off a win. I mean, maybe if he's on the waiver wire, you need a wide receiver. He's the guy to pick up. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, 12 catches on, on 40, 22 targets, so. Um, the next guy, probably, I would put him just right up there, um, in that same tier is Drake London in Atlanta. Uh, Caleb, what's going on with him so far? Yeah, the rookie down there in Atlanta, um, as we mentioned before, you know, a Falcons team that doesn't have, I mean, you look at that roster, they're just not very talented. Uh, I get they have AJ Terrell on, on defense. He's a good player. They have Kyle Pitts who, like, he stinks in fantasy, but like, I still think he's a good player. Maybe I would just have like Stockholm syndrome at this point, but like, the guy is like six six and runs like a four four forty, and like the fact that they just can't get him the ball is um, uh, pretty disappointing if you're a Kyle Pitts owner because I do think he's a freak. Um, but Drake London has kind of been like the the beneficiary of that. Um, so far this year, he's got 13 catches on 19 targets for 160 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had a big week uh, in week two, put up put put together a pretty nice stat line. Uh, so I think if you're hurting at receiver, um, I'd take a look at this guy on the waiver wire if he's still available in your league. 
Um, Falcons are mo- more than likely going to be playing from behind quite a bit, uh, which means they'll probably be throwing the ball. Um, and even though it's Mariota or Desmond Ritter that's throwing, um, you know, they're still going to, they're, they're NFL quarterbacks. They're still going to complete passes. Um, and so far London looks like he might be the, the, the guy there. Um, so I'd definitely take a look at him. Yeah. What are you thinking? Like say your waiver one, do you like to go Wilson or you want to go London here this week? Yeah, it's a tough call. I think it really depends. Like, it's a very similar situation, right? The Jets are bad. The Falcons are bad. The Jets are going to be losing a lot. The Falcons are going to be losing a lot. Um, Joe Flacco has looked actually pretty good this year, but I don't think he's very good. Marcus Mariota, we know, is not very good. So it's kind of like a similar script. I think for me, like, I kind of like London just because I think he's sort of higher in the on the depth chart there. Like, I think he's genuinely could be considered the wide receiver one in Atlanta. Um, I don't think you can say that about Garrett Wilson uh, yet. I talked about Corey Davis last week. um, And I don't know if that has uh, held true through this week. I'd have to look at the stats again, but through week one, Corey Davis was leading the jets in targets, yards and catches. Um, So to me, he still feels like the number one there. He's kind of a boom or bust option. Um, but for me, like I'd give the edge to London right now, but, uh, you know, Wilson's coming off a big game. If he starts to string a couple of those together, that can obviously change, but I don't really think you go wrong with either of these guys. If you need a wide receiver three and, um, you know, say you have Mike Evans, he's suspended next week. You want to stream one of these guys for a week. Uh, I think both are good options. Yeah. I, I, I actually tend to lean the same way as you do, which I think is, the opposite of consensus. Um, everything you said, and another important thing to note is that in New York, you still have Elijah Moore, um, who showed a ton of upside last year. Um, still hasn't done anything this year, but I'm not sure he's droppable yet. And the other thing of note is that Zach Wilson's going to come back. So he's going to play when he comes back. They're not going to play Flacco, I can't imagine. Um so you combine those couple extra mouths to feed in New York with the fact that the quarterback's going to change. We don't know who Zach Wilson's going to prefer on the field. Um, as opposed to Drake London, the situation's going to be roughly the same the whole year. Um, he's going to have the same quarterback. They don't have many guys. They don't. The problem with Pitts is they're not even targeting him, so they don't even care that he's on the team. Um, so... I'm actually tending to lean London there as well. And um, the third guy on the list, which there's a lesson to be learned here, which is um, if you draft a rookie, give him more than a week. Um, Because right here we have three rookies in a row. The third one is Chris Olave um, for the Saints. Uh, He's had eight catches. He's been targeted 16 times. Um, Now 13 of those were in week two. Um, he has 121 yards. He hasn't found the end zone yet, so that's hurting him. Um, but this guy, in week two, he had something like 300 air yards. Um, I mean, Winston is looking for him down the field. And 13 targets in week two. Volume is king in fantasy. That's what you want to see. If this guy's going to get 13 targets... I promise you he's going to be worth running out there 
every week. Um, it's only his second game. He's still probably getting his feet under him. The Saints are getting their feet under him. They don't have Kamara in this one. Um, definitely a guy I'm, I'm keeping an eye out uh, for. Um, maybe even if London and Wilson are on your waivers, um, the benefit of Olave is he hasn't had a breakout week yet, so he could still really be under the radar um, he's only had like seven points, so if you sort by available and week two stats, you're not going to find him. Um, so somebody you may be able to pick up without even giving up your waiver priority. Um, I would, if they're all three available, I would put in for the first two and then see if Olave is available. Um, you know, the it's only going to be probably the sharper players that that are going to be on him right now. Um, another guy, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, you know, highlights the lack of depth at running back so far this year. Um, Noah Brown in Dallas, Allie, uh, like we said, kind of looks like the number one for Cooper Rush. 10 for 14 on the season with 159 yards in the score. Um, but five for five week two. So of the five that were thrown at him, he caught all five from, from Cooper Rush. Um, Cooper Rush didn't seem to be going as, to CD as much as Dak, so maybe Noah Brown is is the guy there. Um, he might still be available just because Dallas did struggle so much week one, um, and their offense didn't look didn't look like much then. So we'll have to see what what comes over the next couple weeks. But he might be another one to pick up, um, especially with Dak being out for for at least a couple more weeks. Yeah, and this this also brings into play, um, you know. Michael Gallup. Maybe Michael Gallup's worth getting back on your roster, especially if you have an IR slot. I know, I think every league I'm in, as soon as Dak went down, it was like, all right, I don't want to play with you anymore, Michael. Um, Michael Gallup's a great player, and this offense isn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Um, so that's another guy to, to check out. Again, probably don't have to use waiver priority to grab him. Um, if you have a deeper bench, throw him there and forget about him. Wait till he comes back. Um, Caleb Tua in Miami, I mean, zero people in the world saw this coming, uh, you know, what is there really to say here? Yeah, I mean, the guy threw for six touchdowns in week two. If he's available, you have to grab him. Even if you have a top-tier quarterback, like, this guy's a great option. Um, if you've got someone like Jayla Hurts or Lamar Jackson or someone like that, um, and they either have a tough matchup or it's their bye week or whatever. Um, if this guy's available and you need a quarterback at all, you've got to pick him up just based on potential. Um, the Dolphins offense is electric. Mike McDaniel is like, I think Tyreek Hill said after that Ravens game that like Mike McDaniel is basically just playing Madden. Um, and he's like, you know, it's honestly a pretty good strategy. Like, you have two of the fastest players in the NFL and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and he's basically just telling them to run go routes every play and challenging the Ravens' corners to keep up with them. Um, and there's no one in the NFL that's as fast as Tyreek Hill and very few people that are as fast as Jalen Waddle. And it turns out if you do that 50 times a game, it works out, and we saw that on, on, on Sunday. Two is connecting with those guys on just – absolute bombs their offense is electric they can't run the ball either um and frankly i'm not even sure if mcdaniel wants to like he looks like he's just gonna go you know mike leach air raid style offense which i can't really blame him when you have that wide receiver core um 
but yeah, this is self-explanatory. Like if this guy's available, get him, uh, stash him on your bench. Maybe you can trade him. Maybe you can throw him in there for a week and he goes bonkers like he did this week. But, um, he's, he's gotta be rostered at this point. Yeah. And, uh, you gotta think, I mean, I understand being sketched by putting two in in fantasy, but don't think of it like that. Think of it as you're starting Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle at quarterback. And would you do that in fantasy? Yes, you would. Um, this wasn't the only thing that's a little bit weird is I don't know if you're going to be able to predict when they go off. They were basically stifled by the Patriots, who I feel like have a worse defense than the Ravens, at least on paper. Um, and then they just have Chernobyl against the Ravens. I mean, one of the more unbelievable things I've ever seen and we've ever seen in fantasy. I mean, if you have a, a Jalen Waddle and Tua stack, uh, or Jalen Waddle and Tyreek stack, I mean, mother of God, <laughs> um, just, just ridiculous. Um, and another QB that you gotta, I mean, this is kind of hilarious, us suggesting to pick these two guys up right one after another. Um, Carson Wentz. I mean, the guy is QB4 through week two in standard scoring. Do I think he's going to be QB4 rest of season? Hell no. Do I think he could be QB10? Absolutely. At this point, that's well within the range of outcomes. Um, and... If you can pick up the QB10 in fantasy for free, you should. Um, there's no two ways about it. If for no other reason than just so somebody else doesn't have him, um, there's value in that. Um, you got to add him. I, I don't like the guy. Um, I like watching him because I like making fun of him. But at the end of the day, to some extent in fantasy, results are all that matters. If he gets fantasy points... Just like Tua, he's got the worst throw in the league, and it's not close. But hey, 40 fantasy points is 40 fantasy points. There's no replays. Nobody's seeing what he looks like. Um, another guy we've touched on a couple times here, Corey Davis. Uh, like you said, kind of a dart throw. He gets saved in week two with a kind of a bomb touchdown. Um, kind of that MVS type guy. Caleb, you think this guy's worth a look? Yeah, look, I mean, it, we're not talking about guys that you pick up if you're loaded at wide receiver, right? Like, this is the waiver wire. Um, you're not shopping here unless you need guys uh, for one reason or another, and um, you're not going to be able to pick up Cooper Cup on the waiver wire. So uh, you got to kind of look for bargains here. Look, I think this guy's a bargain. Um, he has humongous big play potential. Uh, he's not going to catch a lot of balls. Uh, he's only got eight catches through two weeks. Um, so averaging about four a game. Um, but when he catches the ball, they're splash plays. Uh, you mentioned this week he caught a 66-yard touchdown. That's kind of the player he's been throughout his career is that deep threat, um, big play guy. Uh, and I think if you're looking for someone to put in that wide receiver three slot, um, you know, this guy's a good option. Wouldn't do it in PPR leagues, frankly, because I think there's guys out there that are going to catch a lot more balls and probably just by nature of that are going to score more than him. Um, but, you know, I think he's worth a look uh, if you need help at wide receiver. 
I'm not sure if I'd go him or Garrett Wilson. Um, so I think it depends. Like I'd say if you're in a PPR league, you probably go Wilson because he'll probably see more volume. If you're not, if you're in a standard scoring league, maybe go Davis. Um, that's kind of a decision that you have to make um, on, on your own. But I think this guy's certainly worth a look, especially if you're, you know, low on the waiver wire this week. And some of those other guys like London and Wilson and Olave might already get picked up or maybe they're already rostered. I'd give this guy a look. Yeah, a couple other guys in that conversation. Raheem Mostert, he gets 14 touches in week two. Like we said, it seems like you want to be as far away from the Miami backfield as possible. This is goes back to last year with Miles Gaskin. I think Miles Gaskin's a fine player. They don't care to use him. Um, they don't want to give him the ball. They're not giving Edmonds the ball. I don't know why you get Chase Edmonds and then don't give him the ball. I don't know why you get Raheem Mostert and then don't get, give either of them the ball. I, I don't get it. But maybe it's just because you have, as we said, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Fair enough. Um, I'm not recommending you go out and spend fab or spend your waiver wire um, you know, priority on this guy, but... If you're just dead at running back, um, throw him on there. He gets He's getting some touches. You know, maybe he gets a screen touchdown. Um, you know, both Mostert and Edmonds have that explosive nature. Um, we saw Edmonds explode a little bit in this one. Um, he's a guy that definitely has potential, but um, just isn't going to see the volume you can't imagine. Um, and then two guys in Arizona that are like the same like, this is the same player twice. You just have to look up a different name. Um, Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams. I guess Daryl Williams looked better. His line looks better because he got the touchdown. Um, they both saw almost completely equal time um, in once Connor went out. Um, again, a team that's going to be losing almost exclusively. Um, you know... I don't know how much they're going to be able to run the ball. They haven't been able to run the ball, but, um, you know, volume, like we said. They both got eight carries, you know, in basically a half of football. So that's 16 carries on the day. Maybe they make something happen. Um, again, not not an option that you are feeling good about, um, but if you, you know, are just down bad already, um Go ahead and go ahead and give those guys a look. Don't spend your waiver your waiver spot on them. Um, really, we went basically in order of what what you should be looking to do with your waiver priority. Um, given your needs, I still think even if you need a quarterback, I would grab one of the receivers um, this week. Especially, they have plenty of trade value to be able to get a quarterback back. Um, from somebody that might have an extra one, especially in a deeper league. A guy that came off a 22-point performance, I mean, you got to be able to flip him for something. Um, so then we we got no football until Thursday night, and I'm not sure that the product on display Thursday night will be able to be referred to as football, at least on one side of the ball. Um, Brown Steelers. Line right now is Browns minus four and a half, which is pretty embarrassing for the Steelers, but also kind of accurate. Uh, I think give me the Browns minus the points. Um, Cleveland's defense, pretty mediocre. Ninth most to QBs. Don't start Trubisky in case you were thinking about it. 
20th most to running backs. They're pretty solid against the run. Again, I'm not going to recommend you start Najee Harris. Um, it's not like he proved me wrong last week. Uh, seventh most to wide receivers. I guess you're probably starting Deontay Johnson. Don't start Chase Claypool, please. Uh, don't start George Pickens. Um, 17th most to tight ends. Honestly, probably run Pat Fry out there. Tight end sucks. He gets targets. He gets targets in the red zone. He catches most of the targets that he gets. Um, if he gets you seven points at this point, with the way tight end is, grab him. Um, you know, you, you just got to take it. If you don't have Kelsey or uh, Andrews, that's what you get. Um, the Steelers... We're pretty much middle of the road against everything. Unless you're a wide receiver, then you can do whatever you want, anytime you want. Um, you know, we're giving up 50-yard bombs to Nelson Aguilar. Would, like, I mean, that's pretty embarrassing. I would honestly run Chubb and Hunt out there. Not if I had both, but assuming you only have one, I think they're both great. I think you can easily win this game if you're Cleveland if you run the ball 40 times. I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Um, you can play Amari Cooper, I think, you know, you're kind of leaning that way just because he had a good week last week, but again, they could just run the ball, they don't need to throw, um, and again, I don't think it's going to be particularly exciting, um, I don't think Cleveland's going to have a lot of trouble here, really, I mean, all you got to do is score 21 points and you're beating the Steelers easily, um, there, there's no secret to that, um, so, give us a player you're looking out for on Thursday night, Allie. Yeah, so I definitely agree. Steelers being middle of the road, not the most fun to watch, but I think they just haven't been unlocked yet. Um, well, at least I hope they just haven't been unlocked yet. Um, you know, Mitch, he just doesn't have a lot of confidence yet. Um, I don't know if it's not confidence in the line. I mean, at the stadium, you're yelling, Kenny, P Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. It's like, how's the guy going to play when people are yelling up the other guy's name? Um, watching the game, though, I mean, George Pickens is open a lot. He's open a lot over the top. I mean, the, the Patriots started playing one safety because they knew that we weren't going to play. We weren't going to throw the ball long. So if you start to trick the other team into doing that, and then Mitch throws it up. I mean, we don't even know if Mitch has that throw or not yet. Um, if we unlock that, I mean, that makes everyone better. That makes Najee better. That makes George better. That makes Deontay better. Um, and, I mean, until we fire Matt Canada, I don't think that any of this is going to happen. But um, I think George Pickens really could be a great player. I mean, you could tell the offense isn't happy, right? I mean, they're... I saw four different guys on Twitter that are saying, like, look, we can only do what we're told. We can only run the concepts that are called. And it's it's irritating to watch because you see, like I said, at the stadium, they're yelling Kenny. And it's like, you really think the rookie's going to fix it? Like, you're acting like this guy. I mean, I like the guy, but give give Mitch a chance. And I don't know. I'm watching out for George Pickens. That's Classic Yinzer behavior. I mean, I don't know how you watch the Steelers right now and get the impression that the quarterback is the problem. Um, seems like having no game plan on offense for the past three years is certainly higher on the problem list than a guy that's doing 
really fine given what what he's got to work with. Um, I mean, we can't even run the ball anymore. So what what's he supposed to do? They don't have any fear of us doing anything because we don't do anything. Um, it's tough to play quarterback, you know, in, under those circumstances. Um, Caleb, who are you watching out for this week? You mentioned him earlier, but uh, I really like Kareem Hunt as a play in this game. Um, the Steelers can't defend the run at all. Uh, New England got a lead last week and just rammed it down Pittsburgh's throat for a quarter and a half, uh, really, to put the game away. Um, yeah, that that defense, uh, I think they're a good unit, but like when your offense can't move the ball and you have to be on the field for 45 minutes a game, like it doesn't matter how much talent you have on defense, uh, you're going to start to get exposed, particularly late in games. The Browns' offensive line just mauls people. That's probably the best offensive line in the league um, going against the Steelers' defense that has been on the field a lot on a short week with no T.J. Watt. Um, you know, Chubb's the obvious play here, but not all of us are lucky enough to have him. Uh, I think Kareem Hunt probably goes for double digits this game as well. I expect him to score and, um, you know, barring some amazing transformation of the Pittsburgh offense where they actually throw the ball, you know, farther than five yards down the field, um, you know, I don't really see this one being, uh, particularly close. Uh, so give me give me Hunt um, and give me the Browns. Yeah, I I touched on this again. Pat Pat Fryermuth for me is the guy to watch, um, just because I think on the Steelers side of the ball, I think he's the only guy that can be played. Um, you can't. I don't think you can play the Steelers defense. Um, you know, sorry if you got your hopes up after Week One, but that it was a fluke. Um, and this is a team that wants to run the ball, so. Like you said, the Steelers don't know what to do on offense ever. And uh, it seems like Mitch, when he doesn't know what to do, he sees the biggest guy on the field and is like, hey, I'll throw it over there. And Pat's got pretty good hands, and he's going out and getting seven points. Um, if if you're getting seven points at tight end, Kittle's out. Um, tight end has been everywhere. A lot of the guys we thought were going to you know, sneakily blow up or not doing that. O.J. Howard, if you picked him up, you got trolled. Um, so I'd I'd run Pat Fryermuth out there if he if you drafted him as your tight end one. Um, that's the only guy on on the Steelers side of the ball that you know I'm looking at. Might be on waivers. Maybe you have Dalton Schultz who is at best questionable. I think this week um, and honestly. Doesn't look good anyways. Um, kind of questionable there. Um, only guy I'm touching this week on the Steelers' side of the ball, I'm I'm basically saying anybody on the Browns is playable. Any of the normal guys. Um, don't run like DPJ out there or something weird. Um, but Cooper's playable. Hunt's playable. Uh, Chubb, obviously. Um, you know, that's another guy that's probably in the, in the conversation for 1-1 and redraft at this point. Um, so I'm playing Pat. I don't feel good about it, but maybe he gets you 70 yards. Maybe the Steelers get 70 yards. I don't know. It could happen. Um, not a game, you know, probably a game that you can feel okay about going to sleep early. You're not going to miss too much. Uh, you get a good sleep for Friday 
And, you know, we got a, a good week week of football again. Um, we will be back later in the week. We're going to touch on a lot of things. Um, time to panic over some guys, maybe some tr possible trades, um, guys you might look to drop. We'll preview all of week three action, um, give you guys to watch. Um, we'll be around Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. We can do Q&A. Um, I'll be on Twitter Sunday afternoon giving you starts and sits. Um, told somebody on Twitter to start Bateman instead of Gabe Davis this week. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, she came back, told me that was a good call, and you're right. Um, so um, check us out on our socials. Uh, those links, the easiest way will be those, uh, the username will be in the description here. Um, we will see you here in a couple days for the week three preview. Have a good rest of the week. Hey.